Now Santa has a very special milk to go with his cookies. You and me, well, I got, uh, I found, uh, so, so I have no alcohol in my house right now. Oh well, I no. <laughs> I did not have any alcohol in my house. So on my break today, I went down to the Vallarta and I picked up some whiskey and I found out that Jameson makes a cold brew whiskey. What is this? Yeah, and you know, you know my thing with uh, coffee, right? Like coffee is lifeblood for me. That's that's the same around here. My wife, she lives off of coffee. Dude, if she drinks this Jameson cold brew, is actually pretty damn good. So mm. should I be uh, Dapper Claws or Santa Jabber? <laughs> I kind of like Dapper Claws. Well, today I'm Dapper Claws. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this is going to be a, a kind of a special episode. Um, I want to say that we don't typically do this, but considering we have only been around for a couple months, I, I don't think there's much typical about us at all. So, um, But yeah, we're going to talk about Christmas today. We're going to talk about Christmas movies. We're going to talk about Christmas myths. We're going to talk about Christmas history. Um, and hopefully... On a very special uh, Happy Little Screens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So... Uh, First of all, uh, nobody can see this, but I do love your hat. I absolutely love your hat. So it's a Santa hat like any other Santa hat, but if you turn it around, one side says nice and the other says naughty. <laughs> Guess which one I have on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Um, so yeah, Christmas. Christmas this year, uh, COVID Christmas is going to be a little bit weird, but do you, uh, do you guys usually have any like traditions or things that you tend to do on Christmas? Well, the, the usual, we've got a tree up and we've got presents uh, slowly accumulating under it. But, you know, not all the presents because those are on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, so my Christmas is usually, so I, I haven't been home in a very, very long time. Like I haven't spent the holidays at home. I, I moved away from home, I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but my sister usually comes out and visits me. And what we do is the night before Christmas, we watch Elf, we drink hot chocolate, and we eat a shit ton of baked goods. Like we, we go to wherever they, like the nearest bakery is and we get like boxes <laughs> of baked goods. And the goal is to enjoy the day and have a stomach ache on Christmas. Now on Christmas, about right. we make cinnamon rolls, homemade cinnamon rolls and Ooh, lovely yes yes they've they've been failures for many years but uh we've had it's a all about experimentation yeah dude. Yeah. i went to college i know <laughs> not that type of experimentation <laughs> well you know when you said baked i had the wrong idea in the first place <laughs> so well, no, it's no. been a little bit naughty in a uh, legal register state um, well, uh, it's not always not that type of bake. Last year we had some, uh, some nice gummies and we talked about this year adding a little bit of the special little trees to the, to the stuff, but probably not going to happen. 
Just remember, folks at home, if you do ingest edibles of any content, remember, take it slow and take it in small amounts, because if you think two hours or three hours in that it's not kicking in, and you take the second one, the first one will kick in. It's just, it's like Murphy's Law, but for edibles. Snoop Dogg's Law. Let's call it Snoop Dogg's Law. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been a daily tidbit of information from your local Santa Claus. (laughs) It's going to be like this all show. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so that's that's usually my tradition, and uh, thankfully this year my sister is uh, is coming out. And she's braving the airports, which I hear the airports are are pretty safe, um, and we're gonna get to spend. Uh, she's gonna spend a week out here. So. I'm sure they're reasonably safe. I mean, they're not as efficient as reindeer, but they do get the job done. Oh, speaking of reindeer, dude, there is a movie that we have to watch. Um, I believe. Oh man, I, sh- I should look this up. But I, uh, so, so when we talked about doing this episode, well, we, we had talked about possibly looking at some uh, Christmas-based horror films. And uh, I, I don't know where oh, we actually- I, I brought a list and they're all naughty like the hat. <laughs> so yeah, no, I didn't actually watch any Christmas-based horror films for this episode. But I'm, I was... I'm, I'm sure we've seen enough over the years. No, dude, there's no such thing as having seen enough. There is never enough horror films and never enough Christmas-based horror films. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find Krampus, which Krampus, unfortunately, is not available for free anywhere anymore. Like oh, two months no. ago, it was free, but now it's not. Um, but there is a movie called Christmas Evil. It's on Shudder. And I was reading somewhere that, I forget the name of the director, but there was a director who claimed that this movie is, uh, is it in here? Uh, you'll type, okay, so, so this is what Christmas, Christmas Evil is. A man obsessed with Santa Claus snaps and goes on a Utide killing spree in his utterly deranged Christmas horror fable that John Waters, that's who it was, called The oh, Greatest. Oh, totally right there. I love Waters. He called it the greatest Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> Harry, uh, and this, this go, it goes on, Harry is a schmuck and both kids and adults treat him like garbage, but they wouldn't be so mean if they knew he was keeping track of them on his naughty list. After Harry's nut gets cracked... He starts delivering deadly justice to bad boys and girls, leading to a jaw-dropping finale you won't see coming. It's a perverse and hilarious blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I, uh, I skimmed through the movie, and I'm going to spoil something for you. Um, toward the end of the movie, I guess, I guess they all think that he's crazy. Um, and again, I haven't seen the movie. I've just skimmed through it. Um, and there's a guy who's like covered in blood looking up at the sky as a, um, a van which, you know, most killers have a van with a sleigh and reindeer on the side, jumps off the side of a building and floats in the sky away as Christmas music plays, just like Santa Claus in his sleigh. Dude. Is, no, no, is this an older film? This isn't a newer film? Yeah, no, this is from 1980. Uh, it's directed yes, by Lewis I saw, Jackson. I think I saw this same promo when I was reading through them. And I'll tell you what. Uh, the idea that they fly, they throw his van off the bridge and it flies off in the sky and it reads the end of a Christmas, uh, you know, good night to all and to all a good night to the night before Christmas. I, w- I wanted to see it immediately as I read that. So I think we're on the same page here. Awesome. Awesome. But that, that'll, that'll have to be a, a future episode because on this episode, I want to actually talk about Christmas itself. 
Well, I'll, I'll let you lead off. We'll, we'll start with uh, Christmas, the origins, and then I have a whole thing about Christmas movies. So we'll do, we'll do the, the background side first of the holiday, and then we'll go into films. How about that? Sweet. I love it. Um, so first of all, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, and, and not all of this stuff is proven. And a lot of this stuff is, you know, one person says this, another person says that, and so on and so forth. But one of the most commonly held things is that Christmas was a religious way of adapting and absorbing pagan religions and getting more people to come over to Christianity. That is true. The uh, Catholic Church spent most of its time doing exactly that. The only reason we have saints and the Virgin Mary is an appeal uh, to the cross breed of bringing in other religions to Christianity. That's pretty true. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I think, you know, first of all, very, very smart from a marketing perspective to oh, not say, hey, you're wrong, but hey, you know, we have something similar and, you know, come over here because, you know, whatever. <laughs> You know, that, what's that, whole... that meme mom i want mcdonald's we have mcdonald's at home <laughs> wait what it's... i don't think i've ever seen that what is it's, that it's a meme joke where you say i want mcdonald's and they say we have mcdonald's at home but when you get home it's like a cheap knockoff it's not as good oh uh, okay okay so it's kind of like it's not DiGiorno, or it's not delivery it's DiGiorno. It's kind of like that, or it's kind of like if you've ever gone and bought those cheap uh, knockoff toys at the store that's like Shrek and Batman together. Oh, yes, where it says uh, the Mighty Avengers, and it's got, yeah, Shrek, Batman, yeah. Spider-Man. Oh, we have, we have Avengers at home, and it's just some cheap uh, uh, flea market knockoff somebody made in like a back factory. It's, it's mm. fun. It's fun. Nice. It's a fun joke. But the point is, yes, uh, that's what Catholicism did. They had their own McDonald's at home. <laughs> wicked um but yeah so um a lot of the stuff that i read anyway showed that most of the things that we celebrate today came from the norse um you know like the yule log um and the christmas tree and all those things because um it's scandinavia so, mostly yeah, yeah yeah so so first of all the 12 days of christmas the Yule log and the, according to what I've read, the actual origin of Christmas and uh, the summer solstice or not summer solstice, winter solstice comes from the fact that the days got so short that they would light candles outside and they would light Yule logs and they would keep the fire burning and the fire would burn for about 12 days. And they would do this all the way up until the shortest day of the year, which was usually on December 24th. And then December 25th, when the days started getting longer, that would be basically the birth of the new year, which is the day that they celebrated. Now, the other part about it, too, is they would be fermenting their drinks, um, you know, whatever they use, the, the fruits or whatever that they used in order to ferment, which we're drinking right now. And Sounds like a good idea to me. It would all come to fruition on the 25th or right around that time, which meant that they had the ability to have giant feasts and they would celebrate and it always landed right around December 25th or at least around that time of year, wherever the, the winter solstice was. So that was the original origins of what we consider Christmas right now. And I forget what they actually called it. Uh, I did write it down, but I don't, don't know where that is. So I, I'm going to step back from that, and we're, we're going to go down a little uh, path words here. So you know, the, the seasons have a religious and psychological uh, circle to them. 
that is that in spring all the animals give birth that's life that's the beginning uh, summer is your golden years when everything's great and fun and then then fall is when you're slowly approaching uh, your aging cycle and winter is death and they recognize this cycle in all the animals and all the trees all the trees drop all their leaves all the animals get thick fur coats and they go into hibernation which is a torpor sort of situation like death and this cycle uh, repeats, especially in paganism, that the, these seasons represent these concepts. So you, you pay homage to the gods and the energies and everything that are focused on that feeling. So in spring, it's Easter, it's Jesus, it's, it's birth, rebirth, it's the concept of life. In summer, you have basically, uh, you know, the adult naughty time. And uh, that's... <laughs> That's from the Mayflower, or the, uh, sorry, not the Mayflower, <laughs> the, uh, the pole, the Maypole, which is a, um, a phallic representation, which we won't get too into. Go watch the uh, uh, dance video, you know, you can dance if you want to. That's a fun version of it with the Maypole. Uh, went, the fall is, of course, the, you know, everything slowly just decaying and breaking down and miserable. Uh, and then winter is death. So people, people put up these trees and give homage so that they can survive the winter. It is about, you know, passing through, um, kind of like in the never-ending story, when he goes to the valley with the two oracles, and they're like, few men make it through the pass, you must be true of heart, and all of that. Uh, it's the same thing. Winter is the valley of death. It is carrying through the dark times and to reemerge and rebirth in the, in the spring. So, all of this is, is set, this is the basis in which all of these things are set. And everything makes sense when you put it in those positions. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tree, though, uh, that's interesting that you bring that up. The uh, tree apparently was not really part of at least what we consider Christmas until fairly recently. What I read was there was a, a king and a queen. Let me see if I can find it. It was done with Christmas cards. Uh, because there was there was a long period of time where Christmas was banned, um, a whole bunch of like weird shit happened, but over in Europe it was a king and queen that did I can't find it. Uh, anyway, so they they had done a Christmas card in order to show the people that they were a family. This was when kids were becoming more part of the nuclear family rather than just more of a workforce in order to move the family forward. They were becoming more cherished parts of the family that became important. And the king and queen had a picture for Christmas where they had set up a tree and had little presents around it, had two or three uh, kids with them. Well, about a year or two later, the Americans decided that we were going to use that to try and commercialize and get people to buy presents for kids. So what they did was they actually removed the crown from the queen, removed the facial hair and everything from the man, from the uh, prince or the, or the king, in order to make them look like most Americans did. And then they put the uh, put that out as an advertisement and started to commercialize uh, Christmas. So that so was actually- very much along the lines of uh, Coca-Cola introducing the Santa Claus that we know as the red suited jolly fellow with the big cheeks. That, that actually wasn't uh, Coca-Cola. Um, the red suit with the big cheeks, that was a, first of all, it was done by the guy who did the, the, 
the description of the uh, bowl full or the belly full of jelly and and the uh, red cheeks and the red suit and everything came from the guy who did the night the night before Christmas. Um, he had written that story, and then the traditional image of it was actually done by an artist for a newspaper, I think, because he'd given us the, the same artist that gave us the depiction of Uncle Sam. He did Uncle Sam. He did uh, Santa Claus. There's a bunch of iconic things that he. Uh, created that we now accept as the normal, as though it was an all-the-time thing. That that is correct. But Coca-Cola did have a large hand in uh, perpetuating this image as the default one. Well, I'm, because I'm sure. of the spread of the the uh, the advertising that came about, uh, the advertising that they pushed cemented that into the public. Because historically there's a lot of different interpretations but everything kind of boiled down to one specific interpretation during the uh you know from the 50s through the 80s advertising was the big rise of the, mm -hmm. the ad and sale and television and radio um anyways but but you're right no absolutely yeah. um this stuff goes way back but it's it's very so it's very early in the sense that uh, most of the visual and the concepts and the traditions are commercialist uh, modern interpretations, but the concepts behind that are from Yule, which is older than Christianity and mm -hmm. is about uh, giving back to the forest and to, to um, nature, what you call, uh, not Father Frost or whatever, but yes, the, the cold death of everything going wrong and here you're you know giving celebrations and feasts and honoring the spirits yeah yeah um now back to the the whole idea of santa claus um and not not the uh visual representation that we've come to know as him but santa claus in general there's a lot of conflicting ideas as to where that myth came from because a lot of people attribute it to St. Nicholas, who uh, I think he was in the 1400s. He was a, um, a religious guy who used to give gifts to children. And this was like around December 6th or something. I forget the reason that he would do that around December 6th. And he was usually accompanied by somebody else who later on got moved over to be Krampus. So you had St. Nicholas who would give gifts to the good kids. And then you had Krampus who would give coal and I think it was, oh no, birch, a birch, uh, birch branch to bad kids. Um, and he was originally not even called Krampus. He was originally called something else. And I, I don't remember what that was, but the, but the images that I saw was basically Santa Claus, the saint or St. Nicholas standing next to a guy with a brown, cloak on and it was basically santa claus's or saint claus's brother who would go around with him helping him give out gifts which later became krampus well he's a he's a saint of altruism who krampus uh no no saint nick is a saint of altruism and krampus is the opposite it's the punishment side that's who leaves the goal i think yeah it, it makes me wonder like like I said, the, the original images that I saw, it was just, it was two guys standing next to each other in different type of cloaks. I wonder when Krampus became the iconic image that we see as Krampus. Because Krampus actually looks like the devil. And I'm wondering if that was a Christianity thing when they tried to absorb it, if they started putting out that image. Because Krampus has cloven hooves, 
He's covered in fur. He's got horns. He's got a long tongue. He steals in each children. There's actually a story about him taking children to hell. You know, the whole concept uh, is of the devil itself is punishment. It's punishing the wicked. These people deserve to be punished sort of mentality. So Krampus is the Christmas equivalent of punishing wicked children. It's a bo- boogeyman tale you tell your kids. Oh, Krampus will get you if you don't act the way we want you to. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, I, and also, is it German? Because I get just hearing it, I get the impression that it's German because he's always seen with riding crops and whips. And I think it's just a German S and M thing. They're into that. <laughs> well, I do believe that Krampus came from. Actually, I think all of it came from. A, like it had Germanic um, uh, origins. Because I, I know that. Uh, so. Yeah, so like the Yule goat, it's uh, associated with midwinter period during the northern Germanic peoples. So a lot of that stuff all comes from the Germanic peoples. Sounds about right. That also yeah. would be, well, Scandinavia where St. Nicholas comes from. And then you have Germanics just right across the ocean there. Yeah, I mean, all that, that, that entire area is so close to each other. I'm sure there was a lot of things shared. It's, it's very pagan, though. I mean, it's a very uh, down-to-earth, old folklore, running around, stealing children and punishing them because they were wicked, or giving them presents. That sounds like an Abrahamic Old Testament god to me. Yeah. Um, another theory that I, and, and I like this theory a lot, um, the, another theory that I read was about a druid who lived in the forest and would eat magic mushrooms and the magic mushrooms if you're familiar with them which i'm oh, pretty sure I'm, that you are uh, that's what taught me everything i need to know <laughs> <laughs> well they are little red caps with white dots on them which is a traditional image of presence underneath the tree and they would also be found underneath evergreens so there is a thought <laughs> There is Every a Christmas you go up and you pick the presents under the tree and you go on a magic journey. I love yep. it. Yep, exactly. And there is a myth about a, um, a druid that lived in the forest that would come and deliver these mushrooms to people when they were basically when the houses were buried. And it was always in December. And because the houses were buried and people were stuck inside from all the snow and everything like that, the only way for him to get in would be to climb down the... Chimney. Yeah. Uh, great Scott. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that, that one's true, but it's a really no, good idea. Honestly, it's the one I want to believe the most because if there's anything I need more in life, it's Santa, some old guy coming down my chimney. I, I think the moral of the story here, uh, to give me mushrooms, but the moral of the story here is uh, <laughs> I need to know more druids. I think that's the problem. Well, my life got, is druidless. You, you got one right here, son. You got one right here. I I don't practice anything, but I do follow a lot of the druidic druidic ideals. I would say. Well, good, good. Yeah, which we never had that conversation about my uh, my mom and my dad with the uh, my mom being Wiccan, my dad being a druid. We said we I know, were going to, but we never story, did. I I love that kind of material, and that's definitely something we should talk to uh, on probably a spring episode because that seems about right. <laughs> We don't have to talk about it on an episode. We can just talk about it for the hell of it. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so there, there was that. Uh, and then the weirdest one that I found, um, and the, the last one that I have, is there's a lot of comparisons 
to the Wild Hunt, which oh, I'm pretty was, sure that you're familiar. Yeah. Or Perkisnacht, or however it's pronounced. What what you just sneezed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Perkisnacht, which is um, April through May, actually. But oh, it is no. a same sort of concept. Uh, that's that's actually not what I was uh, talking about. the The Wild Hunt is well, the Wild Hunt that I was looking up did not have an exact date or anything like that. But the Wild Hunt was essentially a, again a Nordic thing about Odin who would be out hunting. And he would always be on a reindeer that had eight legs. And there's a lot of different things where they would say that if you heard or if you saw the wild hunt, that meant that tragedy was going to come or that there was a big storm that was going to come. Oh, oh, it's a Johnny Cash song. Uh, Riders, on, or is it Riders on the Storm? What is, what is a Johnny Cash song? I don't know if that's a Johnny Cash. I know for a fact no, that that's no, a it's Doors a, song. Oh, Johnny Cash Oh, keep talking about it. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, and 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 the the wild hunt was always it was always something like that. It was always somebody either in a sleigh with a bunch of uh, deer or horses in front of them as they would chase down things. And the further back you go, it's usually they were chasing down to punish hunters that were intruding on forest land that they weren't supposed to uh, be on or people destroying nature of some sort. So essentially the wild hunt would come for you. Um, I, get it. I get it. It's, it's like that Fern Gully movie. Oh my God. It's been so long <laughs> since I've seen that, but I think you're right. <laughs> I was, I was thinking, by the way, with Johnny Cash, I was thinking of ghost riders in the sky. Yes. Yes. I do remember. I remember reading that they, they were talking about how Johnny Cash had written a song that was, that was about it. But uh, did you do you ever play The Witcher? Mm-hmm. The Witcher Three revolves entirely around the Wild Hunt on one of the D- I think it's a DLC. No, it's it's the whole game. Uh, the Witcher the Three. Game. It's called The yeah. Witcher, The Wild Hunt, and the entire thing is all about the Wild Hunt trying to find the girl that the Witcher saved. It's uh, it's also in D and D. There's actually a lot of role playing games taking mm-hmm. the Wild Hunt. It's it's very it's in uh, Magic: The Gathering, I believe. It's yep. a very popular concept. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons first edition, the main point of it, because the original Dungeons and Dragons was a little bit more linear than the Dungeons and Dragons that we know today. And the majority of the main story was all about the the wild hunt. But they, they use that in a lot of things, especially in comic books. I mean, Mike Magnolia with Hellboy, he has a, uh, a villain called the wild series. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So good. It was something. There's a point in uh, The Invisibles by Grant Morrison that also had a wild hunt uh, sort of thing, but it was it was the rich hunting the poor. Hmm. Yes. There's a lot of movies like that. There was actually a movie just came out called The Hunt, which was pretty much yes. that. Which was actually really good. It, a lot of very political undertones, but it was it was it was pretty good. I saw that during the lockdown because during the lockdown we had. Well, it's still locked down now, but they they opened up all the um, drive-in movie theaters, and I went to the drive-in, and I ended up seeing the the hunt at a drive-in. It was pretty cool. hadn't been to a drive-in since. I, I miss that format very much. I miss uh, being in a station wagon back in the the eighties, nineties, uh, being in the back, sneaking people in under a blanket. Oh, <laughs> brings back <laughs> My father was a scoundrel. <laughs> See, so 
my 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 big confusion though with the uh, the wild hunt is I don't understand how that translated because they they never exactly explained how that translated over to Christmas. Do you do you have any idea? Not off of hand, but uh, I will say that it is. Um, it sounds like it it fits because you the wild hand, hunt uh, the wild hunt deals with nature it deals with death and it deals with uh fairy stuff uh-huh. and uh, elves and and fairies or it says here valkyries uh but the, christmas deals with those same concepts it deals with nature it deals with winter death and it deals with uh fel- elves and fairies and stuff like that all those elements are present in in christmas oh so, that's fair I, I think it's, and it's also, it's Germanic, so, you know, it's the same area. I think they kind of overlap Venn diagram into each other. Gotcha. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of history. A lot of it's not, uh, like, I mean, when I was looking this stuff up, I, because I, I, I dug deep into this, like, I found the history of Christmas caroling. Um, oh, what's the history of Christmas caroling? Interestingly enough, um, in Eastern Europe, pagan traditions were incorporated in the Christmas celebration. Um, there was a thing called the Kaleda, K-O-L-E-D-A. I'm probably saying that completely wrong. Um, which the, the Kaleda um, was actually a Slavic god of winter. Um, and they would bring the new sun every single day. And there was a tradition of singing to the Kaleda in order to bring the sun back and to bring the heat back and everything like that. So, um, and somehow Kaleda ends up translating into Christmas or into Carol and caroling and and so on and so forth. So, and then um, where was it? Uh, One of the, where is it? Uh, So, Eventually, it became the tradition of strolling, singing, and having fun on Christmas Eve, um, just like all the, a- all absolutely pagan acts. Because if you ever seen Puritans, they have no smiles, they don't sing, well, they're just miserable all the time. It's funny that you bring up the Puritans because the Puritans have banned Christmas multiple times throughout history. In of course, 16- I am the bastards. Sixteen forty-seven, the Puritans banned Christmas in England. Um, it was a store, It was restored in 1660, but it still remained dis- disreputable. And the reason for it is because Christmas is not the Christmas that we re- that we believe Christmas is, or that we know Christmas to be. It's not about being with your family. It's not about, you know, giving gifts to people. It's not about, um, you know, having. Well, actually, this kind of. So, the original Christmas, as I had said earlier, was be- was celebrated mainly because that was the point when all the liquor that they had been fermenting came to fruition so christmas was traditionally lots of merrymaking it was rowdy it was violent it was drunkards it was huge meals it was prostitution and all this stuff and the puritans did not like that so they tried to get rid of it and they multiple times throughout history in, well, the Puritans uh, are the kind of people who are behind prohibition. They don't like alcohol, so that's definitely out the window. This is true. This is true. When the uh, pilgrims came to New England, they shared the radical Protestant disapproval of Christmas. Um, and the Plymouth pilgrims put their loathing for the day into practice in 1620 when they spent their first Christmas day in the New World working. 
And this is also why I don't know if you remember this, because this always stuck out to me um, in social studies, which I hated social studies. But one of the things that we, um, one of the things that we learn is about uh, Washington's attack after Christmas. And I know for me, it was taught as though they decided to do that attack because they knew that the Europeans, that England would be celebrating Christmas and it was a perfect time to attack. That wasn't the reason for it. The reason they attacked on that day is because they did not celebrate Christmas because it was banned in the United States at that time. So whether they knew or not, it didn't matter. It was just another day to the You hear that all you constitutionalists, no more Christmas. Well, Christmas is a very varied time with all sorts of strange things that have bled into it. And our modern corporate uh, buy more toys section of Christmas is uh, sort of a cartoon, sugary, draped version of what those original stories were. But the original stories do have a point to them. Uh, However, to change gears here, what we also have a point with is horror movies. Because horror... Is something people enjoy and is fun. And Christmas is a very kind of nervous, stressful, terrifying time. It is ripe uh, for horror movies. So what I did was I put four brackets down here. Those four brackets are the classics, comedy, did you know, and modern era. Uh, and <laughs> what I'm going to do here for you little Timmies, I have got a bag full of presents and I'm going to open it up and I am going to name off a film and we'll do a quick chat on it not to we'll linger on some we'll pass by others uh first and foremost i want to start with a nightmare before christmas because while it is technically a form of horror christmas it is a beloved cherished thing in this household many people across the world love nightmare before christmas it's a classic so we're gonna set that aside because it's not really the kind of genre we're used to (laughs) yeah that's fair that's fair okay okay So so uh, first note, a th- there are a thousand films that I'm not, we're, we're going to breeze over because most of them are maniac in a mask or a sand outfit, slaughters a family for no reason. And there's nothing wrong with that. Christmas is about slaughtering family members. It, it is, but it's so done to death. It's boring. It's, it's just, you got to be original. You know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. Um, there's also anthologies. There's, I noticed there's like a hundred anthologies and I haven't had time to watch any of them. So we're just going to assume that they're pretty good, but uh, we're not going to really focus on too many anthologies. Unlike Trick or Treat, there's not really many I- iconic Christmas. However, just However. like Trick or Treat, there is a great Michael Doherty movie about Christmas. Really? And what is that? Krampus. Oh, <laughs> is, <laughs> is that the same guy from Trick or Treat? I'm almost positive that he did Trick or Treat uh, or that he did mm. Krampus as well. Mm. So while you look that up, uh, we're going to start with the classics. Well, there's only a couple of these I'm going to list down. And that is, uh, we are going to begin in 1974 with Black Christmas, one of the earliest horror films. And it's I have just not an, seen uh, that. It's, it's, it's old. It's just an unknown kill, uh, like crazy killer just runs around killing people. He gets away at the end. Spoiler alert for 1974 film. Uh, but it's not, um, I don't know. It's, it's seventies, you know, it's a hit or miss. However, that it was remade in 2006 and it was remade as just, you know, the crazy kid like Michael Myers just grows up all messed up and decides to go kill people on Christmas. But then it was re-rebooted in 2019 last year. (laughs) 
as a, a feminist warning and a dark occult story uh, where I, I don't want to give away the plot, but essentially uh, there's demonic forces being used at work to make sure women shut up. Is it any good? Because that sounds like, like I, I feel like that a, uh, a horror movie needs to be somewhat simple, especially a Christmas horror movie. It's about frat boys and frat girls uh, and a series of killings and their secret fraternal practices. All right. Is this something that I need to watch? I don't know. We could always put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Check it twice. Find That's out right. Naughty and nice. Not <laughs> the spirit. <laughs> uh, now, mo moving on from Black Christmas, there's Better Watch Out, which uh, had two versions. There was a 1980s version uh, where a toy maker snaps and decides to kill people with toys, which is not a very good film. Um, but there was also a Home Alone version in 2016 yes. that I have not gotten to see, but I, I take it you have. Yes, I have. I've actually told you about this movie a couple times. Um, this was a Fantastic Fest film. And it is, yes, it is Home Alone during Christmas, which I, the original Home Alone was during Christmas, but it's, this is a horror film with a pretty interesting well now i'm gonna tell you this and you're gonna you're gonna be able to figure it out unfortunately but it's got a it's got a twist and the twist i did not see coming but i loved um everything about that movie i loved i thought it was very very well done and definitely a christmas movie worth watching 100 percent worth watching definitely a good film um and I'm, I'm sure it's only the name. It's a very simple name that everybody wants to put in their film. So I don't, I don't see any connection between the old film and the new film. Um, however, moving on to the loved and be hated sci-fi uh, classic that was played on the Sci-Fi Channel on loop for years and years. It was <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, oh. which in 1984... And there were five films in the series and a reboot just called what? Silent Night. There are way too many of these films. They got worse and worse as it proceeded. It just got, it, it just was a spiral by the fifth film. Wait. It was straight to video. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I think I've seen this. Isn't this just about a guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and goes around killing people? Yeah, yeah. And, and the first one is pretty straightforward. It's a guy, I think he has an axe or something on the cover. And yeah. he just rolls around going crazy and killing people. It's in, as we mentioned earlier, the many, many films of people dressed as Santa who just snap and take an axe. And it's always an axe. I don't know why it's always an axe. Because uh, maybe, you know, Santa Claus chops wood. But the sequels got weird and, I don't know, cosmic or aliens or ghosts. Or, I don't know what's really? going on. They were, they were out there. <gasps> Wait. They just, they got bored and they started coming up with bullshit. I, I know why I know why he uses that as a weapon. Yes. Because he needs to axe his victims if they've been naughty or nice. <laughs> oh Tim. Oh Tim. <sighs> now there there is a footnote I have to the classics, and that is a film that I I never got to see, but we definitely need to watch one of these days, which is a nineteen ninety film. It's in Spanish. And it translates in English to the Day of the Beast. And it was described as a priest tries to stop the uh, birth of the Antichrist uh, by doing anti-Christmas stuff. As one would normally do. As one would like hurting people and murdering people and stuff uh, and torturing people. 
and it, it goes wrong and he accidentally still the antichrist comes out it's an animatronic like goat man thing it's it's great it's an old-fashioned dark uh comedy they called it okay. a, a black comedy set in christmas about a priest uh and demons and the antichrist okay yeah okay. we'll definitely have to watch that yeah all right Okay, so we're we're gonna move on to comedy. Wait, 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 wait! If, yes. if that's all you got here, um, I was on Shutter earlier today. Have you been on Shutter uh, recently? Um, you know, I I go on there occasionally. Um, they have a section right now, and I don't. This will probably oh, only go through Christmas. Look it up. Where it's all these like Christmas movies and everything, and there were a couple of movies that I saw. I, I haven't seen these movies, but I, I want to see, and I think would be good to good to mention. Uh, they have a, a movie called A Christmas Horror Story, which looks really good. So that's one that we're definitely going to have to uh, have to check out. And then that one that I was telling you about earlier called A Christmas Evil. Remember the the one with the the van that uh, flies off and right. has the yeah. yeah. So that so that's on Shutter. yeah, check that's on that Shutter right now. Um, and then one that I'm surprised you didn't mention because this was a movie that we both said that we wanted to watch was Rare Exports. Oh, right, right, right. And these, again, I have a long list here. So I'm just, that was the first section. I have another three sections of movies oh, here. I've oh, sorry. I, I thought, I, I thought <laughs> no, you were the no. <laughs> Okay. Feel free, feel free to go in what order you like. But I was just on part two of four. That's all. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll not cut that from the podcast and continue on. Oh, that's, so can... that's part of the joy of making podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay, so... I'm going to swerve into comedy here. All right. Now, over the years, Christmas has been a, a, a good subject for people to do dark comedy. I don't know how that works, but uh, we're going we're gonna to start with Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I don't know if you've ever seen that back in the day. I have not, but I feel like I need to. Why is that not in my <laughs> life already? It's, it's in 64, and it's right up there with those... Uh, um, the, what was the the lucha wrestler who versus the aliens? I have never heard of that. Probably a Rey Mysterio, oh, movie, though, right? <laughs> something like that. Uh, Mars, I think. I think it's Mars. Santo, Santo and the Martian invasion. There was an El El Santo is a luchador hero, and he was in a million films. And it's it's a classic. I love it. It's been on Mystery Science Theater before, of course. Okay. Uh, but he fought he fought everybody. He fought vampire women, wax museum, the strangler, satanic power. But they had him fight, you know, uh, Santa Claus. They had him fight uh, the Martians. There was a it, you know, old eighties uh, Spanish <laughs> lucha action films. They're great. Okay. Anyways, it's the same sort of vibe because everybody's in these ridiculous costumes, and basically the Martians show up at the North Pole, if I remember, to abduct Santa and take over his toy production. Very old. Wait, wait. Very this was, yes, this was a mystery uh, science theater. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I have seen this. I have seen this. <laughs> I remember this. It's bad. It's all. Yes. Uh, Oh, but it's it's funny. That's the point of it, you know. Uh, then the monsters. You remember the monsters? They did a scary little Christmas movie, which is hard to find. But are you are you talking about the monsters as in like uh, uh, cousin it and 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 like yeah? Uh, well, no, that's Adam's family, but very close. Herman oh. Monster and yes, okay, okay, yep. Yes, yep. the the monsters did a, a Christmas special, which I guess is right up there with Gilligan's Island, <laughs> <laughs> or the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, let's. We don't we need talk get, about that. We need either. to get Chewbacca back to visit his family. We don't talk about that. 
That's my Ooh. best Chewy impression. <laughs> um. Anyways, move. <laughs> this 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 cup was full of whiskey when we started this. That's how much I've. Oh drank. no! Jesus You're Christ. gonna get a little tipsy there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm gonna list a, a, a full moon entertainment film, which is one of my favorite production companies. Of course, Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead. Remember that? I, oh, you don't remember that? I do not. But is that a um? Uh, what's his name? Is that uh, Gary Busey? That is Gary Busey running around as a little puppet, uh, murdering people in a Charles Band film. It is it's classic. I think they made sequels. They even did uh, when they did the Evil Bong series. They had a crossover of Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bong. Uh, so go out and watch that. This is a great no Christmas film. Oh shit! Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Jack Frost two. I, I particularly enjoy over the first one just because of how t- poorly acted it is and the fact that he has all these little tiny snowman balls that he sends. All, all the deaths are ridiculous and cartoonish <laughs> and over the top. It's, it's, it used to run on sci-fi all the time. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, there's also a film called Santa Claus, as in, uh, you know, Claus. It was in 1996. Very low budget. It's very, like, shot on a home video look to it. And he kills people in the film. It's just a crazy guy in a mask, but he, uh, Santa outfit, but he kills people with a hand cultivator or a tiller. You know, one of the three-pronged garden tools that you use oh, to rake. Jesus it's just Christ. that. He runs around with one of those, slapping into people's faces. Just, just, just what we need. See that—that that to me does not sound very scary. Like, no, it's it, horrible. It, it's one thing. It's one thing like Freddy Krueger with his long claws and everything Ooh. like that on his uh, gloves, but to walk around with a garden tool like that and kill people—it's <laughs> trauma tear. Let me put it that way. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. All right. Now, now here's one of my most favorite films, and this is not just a Christmas film, but a film in jury, uh, in general, uh, which has. Bill Murray in it, Ooh, and it's called okay. Scrooged. Have you ever seen Scrooged? Of course, I've seen Scrooged. That's like it has a million famous people, and Bobcat Goldwaits in that. Uh, the one lady with the high pitch voices in it. There's a ton of like character actors, all kinds of things. The cast is great, and it's just Christmas Carol with Bill Murray being himself, a complete asshole. It's great. Yeah, I, I love that movie. That, uh, yeah, I can definitely see why that's uh, on your comedy list because that was definitely a comedy. Well, I mean, pretty much everything with Bill Murray is uh, a comedy. But oh, uh, that movie, I loved that movie. That it's used dark, be, it's funny. Yeah, that used to be my Christmas movie of the year. That's a good film. Until I realized that Die Hard was a Christmas movie. So there was another film that came out actually because Scrooge came out in 1988. It was another film that came out. It's a British film. I didn't even know about this film until I started looking stuff up. It's called Lucky Stiff. And it's this comedy about a, a fat loser who's all alone on Christmas in a bar when a beautiful woman asks him to accompany her to a Christmas dinner. And when he gets back, it's British. So when he gets back to her old British family in the country, Turns out they're cannibals, and he's the dinner. <laughs> that is awesome. That is um, awesome. We're, we're definitely going to have to add that to a retro list and watch it. <laughs> Any other comedies you, uh, you have in your mind? Uh, Christmas comedies, not so much. Um, 
not not that are not that are like horror comedies because I watch a lot of really really bad. Like my favorite Christmas movie of the year is Fred Claus. <laughs> yes, is that Vince Vince Vaughn. Yep, Vince Vaughn and uh, Paul Paul Giamatti. I think. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. And, and Paul and Paul Giamatti. I'd watch that man in anything. And actually, oh. uh, Kevin Spacey as well. And Kevin Spacey. Yeah, mm. it's a pretty all star cast. Are there any kids in that film? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, 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 you know, it's all laughs. Only, uh, only, oh. only bad kids. <laughs> oh, they don't deserve that. Um, <laughs> so, I, as a tangent, Joe Manganiello, which is married to uh, what's her name from uh, Modern Family, the the Spanish speaking lady. Oh, really? Uh, so, Sofia Vergara is married uh, to Joe Mang- Manganiello. Joe Manganiello um, is a big Dungeons and Dragons player. He had a uh, he had a birthday where she paid the original um, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons cover artist who did all the old books from the eighties and ni- or early nineties. He, she paid that artist who did all those covers to do uh, a portrait of her husband's uh, picture. Anyways. Uh, there's a lot of fun stories on that. We'll do a Dungeon Dragons episode one of these days. But <laughs> I'm gonna have to write down Vince, all these episodes that we keep saying that we got to do. <laughs> well, we'll we'll just keep talking forever. That's okay. We'll get there. Um, so uh, Joe Manganiello has a gaming group with like the Big Show, and um, he did Vin Diesel for a while. He has a bunch of friends. He has. Uh, he had Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, and Tom Morello was like, "Oh, I'm uh, uh, carpooling with some friends," and uh, they want to play in the game and it turned out to be the guy who is one of the half of the writing team on Game of Thrones mm. and then he brought in his other dude as uh, like my creative partner will not ever forgive me if I exclude him from a Dungeons and Dragons game and then Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn out of nowhere Vince Vaughn's a big nerd who has a, every Dungeons and oh, Dragons yeah. book uh, that just it blows my mind yeah pretty much everybody in the uh, film industry you'd be surprised at who is and who is not into Dungeons and Dragons because you got to remember the 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 film industry is all about making stories and that's what Dungeons and Dragons is it's just telling stories or being part of a story so you would think that the majority of the people that like to build the things behind the scenes would be into DMing and developing stuff whereas people who um, are part of the creative process a little bit more would be interested in being the uh, characters and being part of the the world of Dungeons and Dragons, especially actors. Actors, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to move on to Did You Know? This is a fun category because we're going to list off films that are technically Christmas films. Did you know? Okay. Uh, and the, the first one is a, the tradition that uh, everyone has. Uh, well, most of the people I know have. And we watch this at work on Christmas Day when we're forced to work okay. on Christmas Day. And that is Die Hard. Yes, Die Hard. I, I don't 100%. know what more needs to be said. Dude, um, every year the Egyptian theater in Los Angeles does a Die Hard slash Lethal Weapon double feature. That is beautiful. That is yes. absolutely beautiful. We get to watch it, it in the original... Get to watch it in the original 35. Oh, 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 oh I love a proper theater yeah. experience. Uh, Gremlins, which is obvious. Everyone uh-huh. knows all that. Oh, um, since this is Did You Know, did you know that Gremlins was originally a horror film? It was not meant to be a comedy. It's, it, it's 
I don't know. We tried showing it to our eight-year-old, and it terrified the crap out of her, and we had to turn it off. <laughs> well, so. yeah, it's it's definitely a scary movie, but it was meant to be a legit horror film. Um, I forget who the original writer on it was, but it got moved around so many times that it eventually became. Oh, what so it is. he wrote a horror script, and he was pitching a horror film, yep. and then Spielberg gets, or was it no, it was Lucas of Spielberg, Spielberg. They're, they're the same person. You never see them in the same place. It's that, Batman. That's fair. <laughs> um, no, so it was a Spielberg got a hold of it and he turned it into basically the magic of Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, he always ends up turning it into the magic of Spielberg. Uh, but the director was Joe Dante, but Chris Columbus. When Chris, oh, Chris Columbus, Columbus. Yeah, when Chris, oh yeah, this is not a, uh, a Spielberg film at all, is it? I yeah. don't know why Spielberg. Yeah, I just feel but, like whenever... His presence just permeates Hollywood. That's it. Yeah, but the original script was not written by Chris Columbus. When Chris Columbus got a hold of the script, he turned it into what it is and made it the iconic film that it is now. Thank you, Chris Columbus. Yeah, well, you want to say thank you, but you don't know what the original was going to be. I, for one, I mean, I love Gremlins. I I legitimately love Gremlins. At least the first one. Second one, not so much. Um, I, I like the second one only because it's like a video game. You get all these... Uh, Mega Man powered characters uh, like Electricity Gremlin and like Ghost Gremlin. Oh, that's fair. And you get Rambo uh, Gizmo. Plus, it has a dude uh, from the monsters. It has Grandpa the Dracula dude. Yeah, yeah. But I would, I would really like to see what would have happened if they went legitimately scary with it. Like if they tried to do a. Actually, I'd love to see a reboot, but a a a serious reboot of it. Not not like the comedy reboot like to do it really scary somebody uh, get on I'd that we'd be in for that uh so something else i didn't know oh, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. before we yeah, before we go any gremlins, further gremlins, I have to, gremlins? yeah we're still on gremlins um just because <laughs> we are currently just <laughs> just because we're currently in the age of politically correct if you go on imdb right now and i think you need to see this so you need to go on imdb and type in gremlins um, you know how they have the pictures, little videos and everything, director, writer, stars. Um, I'm going a little slow so that you can actually get there and see what I'm going to say. When you scroll down to cast, they do it in order of uh, build. And the first person is Hoyt Axton, who plays Randall Feltzer. The second one is John Louie, who plays... The Chinese boy. Absolutely. I, I remember we were watching it and go, oh, this is a little dated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Interesting. Anyway, sorry. I just thought I, I needed to bring everybody's attention to the fact that this was not a uh, woke movie. No. No. It, you know, I am, I am a firm believer in the fact uh, that being an actor means that you can play anything. You could be a tree. Uh, so anybody could play any part, but it is fair to obviously give roles to people who need the roles. If it's a Chinese character, you can give it to a Chinese person. Why not? It sounds like a good fit. It doesn't have to be, but I think it, it should be. So that's where I'm going to leave that. Thank yeah. you from Dapper Claws. Ho, 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 ho. Merry <laughs> Hopefully Christmas. we did not get Gremlins canceled. <laughs> a Gremlins reboot is canceled. <laughs> Um, so Jaws, uh, the revenge is technically a Christmas movie. No. I don't know. I stopped watching after the first film. Uh, really? the sequel. Yeah. Apparently it, there's a part of it where they mentioned it's, it's Christmas. 
Uh, I'm just going to throw my hands up known? for that one. Yeah. Here's, here's another one. And this should be obvious, but it's not the kind of film you'd think for this. Eyes Wide Shut is a Christmas film. I did not see that movie. That's a, um, what's his name? The uh, Scientologist. Kubrick's right? last film, Kubrick before he died, and Tom Cruise is in it. Yes. And whatever yeah. uh, her name was. Is, is it any good? It's a Kubrick film. First of all, if you like Kubrick, it's a Kubrick film. Uh, it's like a film that got him killed because he revealed the dark secrets of uh, like, you know, secret societies and their weird orgies and everything. And it's just basically uh, they go and do orgy stuff with occultists and the Freemason uh, hallways and masks. And uh, that leads to them being like, I don't know if we should be together. We're sleeping with other people. It's, it's a, you know, dr- drama about the relationship but it's all doused in this like secret occult shit. Is there, is there really a theory that he got killed because he made that movie? <laughs> you, you didn't hear that from Santa Claus. Oh, oh dear God. <laughs> I hope no one's listening. Um, no, no, but you know, this is a speculation that he died right after that, but he was exposing the, you know, secrets of like Bohemian Grove and all the secret occult conspiracy stuff going on in Hollywood. So was this before or after Alex Jones uh, got the video? Oh, shit. I'd say this is right when Alex Jones started. Wide Shut. What was that? Wise Wide Shut was put in. That's a thinking sound. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, 1990. 1990 was Eyes Wide Shut, and Alex Jones technically started around like 98 or so. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't popular until uh, 9/11 happened, and then oh, people shit. picked him up because of his 2000. You know, his yeah. On July 15, 2015 or 2000, Alex Jones and his cameraman Mike Hansen clandestine entered Bohemian Grove and shot footage of the cremation of care ceremony. Yep. Interesting. Uh, but th- the point is, there's a lot of speculation on his death, and I'm sure it's it's not the secret society's killing him. Oh God, please. Uh, just, uh, remember i'm i'm technically one of you because i'm Santa claus ho, ho, ho. it's it's a good film you i don't know if i'd say you should watch it you should definitely watch like a review or a primer going over it it's an interesting concept and it's kubrick i love kubrick yeah um, i'm a big i'm a big fan of uh kubrick as well uh i'm a big fan of watching his movies once or twice not um not watching continually Oh, I can understand that. Uh, so another film we watched just recently, another Wolf Cop. It took place around the holidays. Oh, that's right. The second Everyone one did, right. right? No, no, no. Yep, the first the one. The sequel. Really? Uh, well, yeah, I was told the sequel. Okay. Either okay. way, everybody should go watch another Wolf Cop and Wolf Cop. Those are great films. <laughs> they are amazing. I love them. I love uh, them. Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Really? <laughs> I've it I've watched place around Christmas. I've watched a lot of the uh, Puppet Master movies. There was a time when I was literally going on a binge watch of them. Very very. A, a lot very of them are still time. cinema. They're still like actually movie movies. But Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys was a straight to video Sci Fi Channel exclusive, and it had I think Corey Feldman as the mad scientist. So that's that's the level of the bar you need to know about that film. Okay. Okay. Anything with Corey Feldman as a mad scientist definitely deserves a bottle of whiskey before viewing. Yes. Uh, I think pretty much anything with Corey Feldman needs a bottle of whiskey before viewing. I think Corey Feldman is a bottle of whiskey. 
he's been awakened to sentience. Uh, <laughs> he's a sentient bottle of whiskey. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so Batman Returns is technically uh, takes place in Christmas. Is that the one with Mister Freeze? No, that's the one with uh, Danny DeVito as Penguin. And oh yes, yes, yes. It's still Tim Burton, so it's technically a horror because Tim Burton's scary or wants yep. to be at least. Yep. Uh, did you ever see the film P Two about the lady trapped in the parking garage? Oh, that was a good movie, and it takes place on Christmas. Yep. Okay. So I understand that these things take place on Christmas, but does that really make them Christmas movies? By time, yes. I mean, you know, if if I take place on the weekend, that makes it the weekend. Um, no. If you are uh, incredibly handsome and have the voice of a god, then you are the weekend. That's so true. Dear God, I love his music. There was uh, recently an episode of Family Guy, not Family Guy, American Dad, where they kidnapped The Weeknd, and then uh, <laughs> um, Roger ends up changing places with The Weeknd, and Roger becomes The Weeknd for a while. Of it's just, course. It's of such course. a great, great episode. I, you know, I got to say, I exceptionally enjoy and prefer American Dad over family guy simply because it's it has coherency to it it's not just a bunch of random things thrown at a wall and uh just in general i find making fun of conservatives a little funnier yep i concur i concur uh we recently watched another film that was on christmas and not a christmas movie i guess uh i trapped the devil he had christmas lights up yes he did yes he did but i think that was just no, no, no. Yeah, that did happen around Christmas because they showed up in order to spend Christmas with him. That is correct. Now, I didn't watch this film, uh, which was a couple years ago or last year, which was The Lodge, but apparently The Lodge takes place over Christmas break. Oh, The Lodge is good. You need to watch that. I'm going to have to. It is a trippy, trippy movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much about it just because it's it's definitely worth watching and, and finding out what happens on your own. But that movie... I've, I've heard like the full core where it's some occult is sacrificing them for some choice about yada yada but i'll watch it nope not at all completely off but really good oh good i like going in wrong <laughs> <laughs> um there was a movie called the traveler with val kilmer kilmer where he shows up uh to a prison or something i don't know i didn't see much about it but it technically takes place on christmas um you ever see the film Inside 2007 with the lady, the pregnant body horror where the lady tries to stab the baby out with scissors? I have not. I have not actually. It's a foreign film and there was an American remake uh, several years later, but it also takes place over Christmas. Um, oh, we watched a film named Necrotronic, which was yes. like a fun ghostbusters type film. And apparently there was a portion of that that is over the Christmas season. Really? Yes, apparently, according to the uh, that readout. That I don't remember at all. Apparently, according to the readout, uh, there's Christmas references in there. Huh. What strange luck. Uh, you saw, did you see the film Puka? I have not. However, I was part of, so Puka is part of a thing that Blumhouse was doing where they were taking a holiday a month and they were making a, a horror movie about the holiday or that revolved around the holiday. 
I worked on the movie that was all uh, about Father's Day. Hmm. Uh, but I did not work on Puka, and I've heard that Puka is an interesting watch. It 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 is uh, from what I've seen, it's surreal. But it apparently deals with a toy on Christmas, and that toy leads to I don't know whatever happens in the movie Puka. Okay. All right. Well, you know what Pukas are, right? Yeah. No, they're mischievous uh, spirits, the uh, fairy era. They're in uh, Changeling the. Changeling, which is part of the world of darkness with vampire and werewolf, has a puka clan in it. Um, actually, that's not... Uh, well, that might be true in some things, but pukas are not mischievous. Pukas are protecting spirits. They're, really? they're spirits that are supposed to protect a child, uh, usually manifest as an imaginary friend. And they warn children of danger. And actually, with the whole changeling thing, um, when a fairy or spirit of some sort would come to steal a child, the puka would sometimes replace the child with a fake child so that the fairies would steal the wrong child. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Compared to what I know about the changeling stuff. Hmm. But, but I definitely know that there are a lot, there, well, are, there is a lot of lore out there where pukas are uh, demonic spirits and such, but the original... Well, I don't, I don't know about demonic, but I will say that most fairies always have a relation to uh, playing tricks on people. That's one of their favorite things they love to do. Yes, fairies 100% play tricks on people because they don't, uh, they don't have a concept of right and wrong. They do what makes them happy. Also, they, uh, there's like morality lessons where they, they do things to teach people, but the tricksters and uh, prank players are prevalent in the fairy legends, and Puka is tied to all of that since it's a Celtic thing. A Celtic. Celtic. <laughs> um, so another film, I, don't, I haven't watched this in years, but John uh, Cronenberg, David Cronenberg, made a film, Rabid, in 1977. Uh, about it's a zombie film people bite each other and they go crazy and then uh, the military has to kill them Uh, but there's a whole scene as a mall with a santa and somebody gets the you know the disease and starts going crazy and the machine gun a santa Uh, so that's happened uh last but not least on the list last but not least on the because santa can't even speak he's had a little too many of these his precious special milks been been uh, uh participating in the eggnog a little bit too much let me tell you something about i feel like a drunk was my was one of the few characters i enjoy from saturday night live is drunk uncle drunk uncle i'm not familiar with that i i never um, watched a lot of uh 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 saturday night live though so i want to say bobby moynihan Anyways, it's, it's the uncle who says all the things you don't want to hear. So he's just like, and immigrants, they keep stealing the charge cards. And another thing about reindeer, Psh, reindeer. It's, it's a class. <laughs> okay. It's just, you know, that, that one relative that you're just like, can you shut him up? He's drunk. Drunk uncle. Anyways, um, <laughs> so that aside, Night of the Comet. I love this film as a kid. I don't know if you ever saw it. I have not. This, this is the first time hearing about it. Really? Night, Night of the Comic is um, right up there with They Live. It's like the same okay. era of filmmaking. And it's uh, a comet goes by. Everybody goes out to watch it. Anybody who's in direct light of the comet turns to dust. Okay. And then the people who uh, get the light but aren't directly in the light of it slowly sicken and become um, 
kind of like zombies. They're just sort of mindless and decaying uh, uh, monsters. Um, and this, it's about a group of, you know, a couple survivors who were all inside out of the light and they come together and they just go on a crazy spree through an empty New York. And, you know, there's gangs of like ghoulish people who've been infected and they've gone like, uh, old, you know, warriors or whatever 80s tropes they had. Um, but the main plot was around this, this science center is looking for a cure and so they abduct all of them and they're going to take all their blood out of the body to give themselves a cure. Oh, and interesting. Weird. And they, you know, they, they stop them and they escape. And then it's like two couples and a kid and they decide to drive off. And that's the ending. It's a classic eighties film. It's very like, um, like they live is a, the closest thing I'd arrange it to because it has that vibe, the aesthetics and everything. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. So let, let's go to modern, which I know most of the stuff you're into, it's always modern. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so there's a film that came out in 2017 called The Elf. The Elf, okay. And it's uh, this couple, these people get this elf and it does a Chucky thing and it goes crazy and starts killing people. It looks pretty creepy. You should watch the trailer. Huh, okay. I did not know about it, but neither do I, you. So we'll where, have to put that on to-do list. Is it, is it on Shutter? Well, I don't know. Where where would we Elf find the Elf? 2017. That's a good question because I, I found a lot of films. There's hundreds of these films that I didn't even get to. Oh my God, it's like an elf on a shelf. Yes, it's basically killer elf on the shelf. No shit, that looks awesome. I love the I love the artwork or the poster. The elf itself doesn't look all that great. Well, we'll we'll have to get to that. Yeah. All right. So, and we're getting down the last couple, so we're almost done here, people. Uh, Rare Exports, which we have not gotten to see. No, but I really, really want to see it. I feel like that's one of the ones that uh, needs to be a requirement for uh, Christmas horror watching. Because everybody I know I think, is it a foreign it. film? I believe so. I think Scandinavian. Okay. Because from, from the read-up on it, it's the kids go disappearing and they capture Santa Claus in a cage and he's like this malevolent, crazy, old-school spirit. Okay, okay. I don't know. I kept seeing promos for it. I kept wanting to watch it and I just never got around to it. Yeah. It, 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 same thing with me. You know, I, I wanted to get around to it and I just never had the chance to. It just, for some reason, kept uh, escaping my purview. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, did you see American Horror Story? I, uh, Christmas Horror Story? I have not. Um, that was, it's not um, Horror Story. It's, uh, is that the one that I was just telling you about on Shudder? It's like uh, Horror Stories. All I know is that the cover makes it look like it's Santa Claus versus Krampus. Yes, uh, which it does not actually like when you when you uh, go through the story, it does not look it does not look like it's actually that. From the uh, from the write up on it, it's an anthology, so there's it's kind of like trick or treat. There's four different stories all kind of intertwined to each other. Yeah, yeah. It looks cool though. One of the stories looks like a white elephant gone wrong. You know what a white elephant is, right? White elephant. Yeah. So white elephant is a tradition where so everybody buys a gift and you set like a, a price point for it. You say like 20 bucks. 
Uh, none of the gifts can be over $20. And the white elephant gift, depending on how you play it, is either something that you want to give away or something that like like an ugly shirt or like a roll of toilet paper or something like that. <laughs> and the thing is, so I would pick up a gift. I would open it. And then we move on to the next person. Now the next person can either steal my gift or they can open up another gift that has not yet been opened. The person who gets last gets advantage over the group. Kind of, except the gift can't be stolen more than once. So if you steal my gift, then nobody else can steal it. Well, Uh, as long as you're looking. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. That is fair. Don't steal. That puts you on the naughty list. Yep. Yep. That it does. You never want to be on the naughty list. But yeah, so um, one of them is a wet elephant thing, and it looks like it's at a uh, corporate th- corporate event or a- at a work event, and one of the guys opens it opens up a gift, and it's a uh, gun that shoots him in the face, and then like one person gets a bullet, another person gets a gun, somebody gets a knife, and I think it's going to end up being some sort of, you know, hide and seek murdery thing. Oh, that sounds fun. I mean, for it a horror could movie. be not for a real office white elephant. Yeah. But moving on from that, Anna and the Apocalypse, which I still would like to see. It's like Shaun of the Dead, but a musical. Yeah, that's another one that I really want to see. I, I know nothing about that movie, just that they. I know. They, just, yeah, the shadow of the girl with the uh, candy cane is just fucking awesome. The trailers just ran nonstop uh, the year it came out. Uh, I just couldn't escape it. It was everywhere. <laughs> oh, those funny filmmakers. All right, I, I saved the best for last, and you know what it is, and I think you know what it is. And that is that uh, this was a relatively unknown thing for quite a while until one year the internet exploded and started talking about Krampus, and uh, they made a million of them. There is a Krampus in 2015, which is the one we were talking about, and is, as I feel so far from the trailers, uh, the highlight. Uh, the Michael Doherty one? Is it? Is that Michael Doherty? It is Michael Doherty. I loved it. I thought it was great. It's got, um, what's his name uh, in it, as well as the lead character. Um, comedians. It's got the, the guy from The Office, Adam Scott. It's got, uh, oh gosh, what's the other guy? David, is it David Crusher? Uh, the other comedian you see yeah david koshner he was on uh anchorman yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah yeah adam scott that's the guy that yeah that's the guy who i was thinking of uh yeah he plays the uh the lead tom and it's really really good like he's good everything about it is good i love the um so there's these little angel creatures like in the attic when they come to life and they start torturing people like that is just fucking great so I uh, did not get to see it, sadly. But, however, oh. uh, Nostalgia Critic, who's a, a fun internet celebrity, uh, did a review. So I watched a 20-minute review, and I definitely want to see it uh, a couple times, actually, because it looks very good and funny and messed up. Kind Wait, of uh, the, the ending reminded me of Drag Me to Hell. It looks like it's like really dark turns. Wait, wait, wait. Which one, which one is that? Krampus. The, with the the one that uh, we were just talking about with Adam Scott? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nostalgia Critic, who is, reviews movies, reviewed oh, it. Gotcha. And uh, so that was a 20-minute intro for me to figure out what the hell was going on in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it looks good. I'm definitely going to have to watch it, even though I've seen all the spoilers from it. It doesn't matter. 
a good film is a good film. Yeah, dude, it's it's a, it's just a fun movie. If anything, just for the practical effects and everything in it, it's worth watching. Well, and and to end, get towards the the end of this episode since we're getting on time here. Uh, the thing about Hollywood is, if you make one film, you don't just make one film because then all your competitors want to make that same film. Hey, that other studio's doing a you know an earthquake movie. Let's do our own earthquake movies. That's how Hollywood works. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, before before that came out in 2014, there was another film called Krampus: The Christmas Double, which was uh, less seen and less celebrated. Um, so it's technically not the first one, but I would say it's the best one because Doherty makes fantastic movies. Absolutely fantastic movies. Oh, shit. Um, Dude, they have Krampus Origins coming, or er, came out in 2018. Oh, I've, I've got a list. Oh, oh my God, have- dude. We have Krampus the Reckoning 2015, which was not connected to the other Krampus. It was the same year as that other Krampus. Uh, Then we have Krampus the Devil Returns 2016, Krampus Unleashed 2016, Mother Krampus 2017, Krampus Origins 2018, and Mother Krampus 2 Sleigh Ride 2018. (laughs) Dude, I love it. I love it. We, we, we should watch every one of these Krampuses this year. Oh, please. Do I have to? Do I, I honestly only have a certain level of punishment that I could take? All right. Well, we'll tell you what. If anybody has uh, listened to this episode all the way to this point, if you send us a message, we just need one person to send us a message through our website saying that Sean needs to watch all the Krampuses. We will both watch all the Krampuses, and then we will do a review of each one of those Krampuses. See, this is why I don't agree with democracy because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm fully fine with a, a form of democracy. The point is, uh, no, I, I don't, are we going to let the people at home decide my fate? Because that seems, let's do it as a, let's do it as a summer movie. Santa summer. in Santa in July. Yes. Santa and, is there is there a movie called Santa and July or is this something we're no gonna... no no I'm saying we'll watch all the crop because it'll take me from here till next summer to watch all of these films. Dude, we can watch them in a day. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not it's going. Krampus to spend after Krampus after Krampus. Twelve straight <laughs> hours acquiring Krampus films. Why not? What could be better than watching bad Krampus movies for twelve oh. hours straight? <gasps> Oh, you know what? I left one off my list. I had a a memorable one. This was in the comedy section, and I forgot to mention it because we moved on to other things. And that was Goldberg, Bill Goldberg in Santa's Sleigh. What? No. Have you you not seen this? I have not, but that is is it a horror film? (laughs) Look up Santa's Sleigh with Bill Goldberg. It's a film where Goldberg shows up in a Santa outfit and just murders people. In the most ridiculous ways. And oh he is God. yoked. He is so yoked. Oh my, wait. Okay, so Santa Slay. Yes. I have I have seen this uh, picture. I did not realize that that is Bill Goldberg. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy what a trip, shit. huh? Is he using an, yeah, he's using an icicle as a, as a weapon. Yep. Oh, he uses he uses everything in that film. He kills people. He's dr- drinking bottles of whiskey. He's killing people left and right. It's wild. I didn't know that was Bill. Go- I'm gonna have to watch this now because it has a wrestler in it that's not CM Punk. So I have to watch it. <laughs> oh, that poor CM Punk. 
getting ditched on by all of us. Damn right. <laughs> oh, he's on the naughty list, let me tell you. <laughs> well, cool, dude. Uh, any more on your list? I, you know, there are a thousand more, and probably knowing Hollywood, a thousand more to come. Yeah, most certainly. I'm sure that there's at least like five or six that are coming out this year, even with uh, even with COVID, probably a whole bunch of them coming out. Oh, the COVID Christmas special! I can't wait. Yeah, masks up. <laughs> you think all the reindeers have masks when he's flying around? You know what? I was actually thinking about this the other day, and we can we can leave the audience on this to think about this. Um, in horror films, you usually have a killer that goes around uh, murdering people, and at the end, they usually get their comeuppance. But right now, with COVID, they're the only ones in those movies wearing masks. That's true. That's so true. Anyway, this has been Happy Little Screens Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a Merry Christmas. And if you have a problem with us saying Merry Christmas, well, you know, you shouldn't take things too seriously. If you like what you heard, go to our website, uh, hop up on top. We have a little thing called Patreon, and we'd love it if you would donate a little bit if you're feeling a little generous this holiday. If not, then please like, subscribe, and share our podcast because every little share counts. Tis the season to be sharing. Anyway, this has been the Happy Little Screams podcast, and keep those screams loud and happy. Now they're lifting their metal hands. <laughs> this is the end now. Oh, bye-bye now. <laughs> Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.